Amen. So um, for you guys, for you guys online or um, for you guys in the house, I'm pretty sure in the house, of course, you can see it. The title of the message is Mask Off. Mask Off. So I'm pretty sure that everybody in here has been probably told to put their mask on. We're in a pandemic now, and so um, it's so fitting that everybody's been being told to put their mask on, and it's probably probably one of the most uncomfortable things that we've probably ever experienced only because of the fact that it's not something that we're used to, right? And so it's just like, okay, well, put your mask on. Well, put your mask on. But now, I think now that we're in a year in, everybody's kind of comfortable with their mask on. And because of that, now if you see somebody with their mask off, you're kind of looking a little suspect. Like, all right, I don't know about you. We got to watch out for them because of the fact that they have their, um, their mask off. Right, so I got a couple questions just for a couple of you guys. How many of you guys enjoy having your mask on? Right? Yeah, not too many people, right? How many of you love having your mask everywhere that you go? I definitely don't. I definitely don't enjoy it. I definitely don't like any bits of it. How many of you believe that the mask is really protecting you? Okay, we got some hands in the house that say yes, that the mask is actually protecting you. What about you guys online? Think to yourself, is the mask really protecting you? Is that, is that really what's going on? How many of you actually miss seeing faces, though? You know, the fact that now when you go somewhere, it's like, oh, what? you're not necessarily sure if it's them or not. It kind of resembles their body, but you're not necessarily sure whether or not if it's them. So you just and you just keep it moving. You don't really say too much because you're not sure. How many of you guys miss a smile or miss maybe just understanding what that person was saying? I don't know how many times that I've been thinking to myself, what, what, what did you say? Because I can't see their lips moving. And so it's just like it's difficult to read someone's lip through their mask, right? So the moral of the story is that masks are good for a pandemic but masks are not good for God, right? I said masks are good for a pandemic, but don't put a mask on for God. So I want to get into a couple of points um, here tonight on why um, we should have our mask off, right? And so uh, the first point, I want you guys to turn to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. This is what the word of the Lord, this is what the Lord has just really just been placing on my heart. This is something that um, I just been studying and it's just really, really been resonating in my spirit. And so I definitely wanted to share it with you guys because I always feel like that the Lord is always speaking to me. And it's just like I get an opportunity to share it with you, but he's actually talking to me. So you guys get an opportunity to hear our conversation just in written form. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. The Bible reads here in the NIV version, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Right. 
I, I really sat here and I asked myself, who volunteers to be weak, right? Nobody volunteers to be weak. So before I even get into that, right, I want you guys to remember I said that I got some key points of what when you have your mask off. And so the first point that I want you guys to remember is to be able to be weak. When your mask is off, I want you guys to remember to be able to be weak. Like I asked you guys, who volunteers to be weak? I don't know if anybody knows like anybody that's going to raise their hand and say, well, I want to be the weakest person. Right? I'm definitely not raising my hand. You raising your hand and say you want to be the weakest person? You want to be the weakest person? Anybody back there want to be the weakest person? Anybody online want to be the weakest person? No, I don't think anybody wants to be the weakest person. Nobody in history has ever said today, I'm going to be the weakest that I've ever been. Nobody in history has ever woke up in the morning and said, well, you know what? Today, I'm going to be the weakest that I've ever been. And because of that, Maybe we've had it wrong the whole time. Maybe this is the way it was designed, but we've been going against the grain instead of going with it. It's like when I say going against the grain instead of going with it, I mean, that's somewhat like me. Like if I get a haircut and you touch my hair and you go that way, I'm going to just tell you right now that you might have lost a friend. Not might have, you probably have. You've lost a friend. If you rub my hair this way, I promise you, our friendship probably just ended right then and there. But if you go this way, all right, you shouldn't be touching my hair at all. But at the same time, if you just so happen to do it, you go with the grain, not against it. And I think here, we've been going against the grain because all our lives, we've been told that we should be strong. All our lives, we were taught, we were taught that, you know, we should show strength. But the Bible clearly states here, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. See, right here, we, we've missed it already. Because then we, we've, just, um, we've just gone along with what society said. And society says, well, we need to be strong and we need to show strength. We don't need to show weakness. We need to hide, right? But that's just a mask that I believe that we've all put on for our whole life. We've put on this strong mask. We've put on this mask that... Well, everybody wants to see me strong. Everybody wants to see me this particular way. So I'm going to show you what I believe that it is that you want to see. I'm going to show you what society says. Society says that we're supposed to be strong. So this is exactly what I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you the mask that you want to see because I know that you want to see it. I realize here that when it says that his grace is sufficient, it's just like when, when we need grace, we need grace for when we may do something that we don't necessarily believe is right, correct? That's when we need grace. When we step outside of the will of God, we're praying in the morning, praying at night, Lord, please forgive me for something that I've done. But the Bible says here, it says that his grace is sufficient. But his grace is sufficient for what? His grace is sufficient for our mistakes, his grace is sufficient for our shortcomings. His grace is sufficient for our mess ups. His grace is sufficient for our falls. His grace is sufficient for when we think to ourselves, I don't think that I can come back from this. His grace is sufficient all the more. 
In those moments is when his grace is sufficient. And so don't put a mask over the situation, but just know that his grace is sufficient so you can take your mask off and you can expose yourself. The Bible also says here in this scripture, it says that his power is made perfect in your weakness. I'm going to read that again. I said his power is made perfect in your weakness. His power is made perfect in your weakness, right? And so I'm thinking here, um, I'm thinking about football, right? I played football all my life, and when I played sports, football, we were always taught to attack the weak side, right? Because that's when you can then benefit. You can benefit from when something is weak. You can benefit from a side that's weak because then you can penetrate and then you can get exactly where you need to go because something is weak. So you make sure that you go to the weak side and then you penetrate and you get to where you need to go so you can score a touchdown, right? In basketball, Ray, you remember this. We look for the defenders who is weak, right? So then we could score a basket. That's what we look for. We look for the weak side. On the defense, we, oh, the weak side help. Oh, he's not giving it here. Well, I'm going to dish the ball over here so then I can get an easy basket, right? Or even joking. Y'all remember the lunch tables to where everybody's joking or whatever the case is. But when we were joking, your friends always wanted to joke on the things that you weren't necessarily so good at, right? Everybody wanted to expose what they believed your weakness was, right? Everybody wanted to show Oh, look at, look at, look at Venetia's weakness or look at Lou's weakness or look at Amelia's weakness. Look at Chris's weakness, right? That's what they wanted to expose. Everybody wanted to expose our weakness, even in rap battles, right? I'm pretty sure we've all heard rap battles before. People are digging for information because they want to see what's probably the worst thing that's ever happened to you so then they can expose you, right? But the Bible again says that we are actually most strong when we are most weak, right? But imagine this, imagine in a rap battle that you shared your weaknesses first. Imagine you getting up there and then you start talking about yourself in a way to where it wasn't um, becoming or it wasn't in a way to where you thought that you would then win, right? Imagine if we're rapping and we're battling one another and then I just, I pretty much expose everything that you were going to say. So then guess what you can't do now? You can't expose me. You can't come for me because I've exposed my own weakness, right? And so this is what it is that we have to do. We have to actually be most weak so then God can then perfect the strength in us, right? This is, this is what it is. We really, like, if, if you go back here in the scripture, this is what the scripture says again. I'm going to read it again because I think that it's just something that we really need to hear. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness, my power is made perfect in weakness. And so when you take your mask off, this is an opportunity then for you to expose yourself. So then you can show your weakness. And so then God can then right here, he will make perfect. He will make for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then it says here, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Right. I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, right? So how many of us are actually talking about our weaknesses, right? How many of us are really taking our mask off and talking about our weaknesses? How many of us are, are, 
are um, really boastfully and joyfully talking about what it is that we're weak at. None, none of us pretty much are, are really doing it. It says, I delight in weakness, right? It says, I, in insults. How many of us then take insults and then share with somebody else of what somebody said to them? Not, not, I'm not talking about gossiping or just being mad. I'm talking about just taking delight in the fact that maybe somebody then insulted you, but then knowing that God was actually going to use that for your good. How many of us do that, right? And then it says hardships. How many of us in here have endured hardships? A lot of us, right? But a lot of us don't like to do what? We don't like to share those hardships, right? Because then it makes us weak. We don't want to share, well, you know what? Well, I, I got laid off. Well, I don't really want to tell anybody that because then now they're going to be looking at me. Maybe I'm an unfit mom or I'm an unfit dad or I'm not a responsible person because of the fact that I lost my job. And maybe my car had just got repossessed and now I can't get to work. So then that's why I'm off. Right. And so then we don't want to talk about that. Now, let's just say that that was just God's plan then to get you where he wanted you. But we didn't want to boast in that because of the fact that that didn't necessarily make us seem strong. But those are then the things that God wants us to expose so then that somebody else can then get to glory from it, right? Well, God's going to ultimately get the glory, but then somebody else can then be blessed by it, right? But a lot of times we don't boast in those things. It says, there I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Why are we not boasting about this? Why are we not talking about it? How come we're not talking about our hardships? How come we're not talking about our insults? How come we're not talking about our shortcomings? Because we have a mask on and we only want people to see what it is that we want them to see. We don't want people to see everything, so we put this mask on. So that's why I asked you guys just a second ago, well, who in here likes having their mask on? And everybody said, no, not me. But in actuality, we do like to keep our mask on because we don't want to be exposed so everybody can see the real us. We don't want everybody to see the hardships and, and the insults because of the fact that that's just kind of making us look, you know, a little timid and a little weak. And I, I really don't want them looking at me and I, I really don't want them saying anything. And I, I, I really I really just I just really want to be left alone because this is just too much for me just to bear. But it's not for us to bear it on our own. It says that we will be made strong with his power if we then become weak. And that's why I said we must go with the grain. And the grain is that means that we must expose our weakness. Because a lot of times, like I said, we have had this society norm to where weakness was something that wasn't supposed to be. Weakness was something that we were supposed to hide. Weakness was something that we was never supposed to share. As little boys, I remember growing up, it was like, man, you got to be tough. If you fell and you hurt yourself, it was like, suck it up. That's just what it is that we had to do because you had to be tough. Nobody told you it was okay then to cry. It, was not, it, was, it wasn't okay just to you know, put something on your knee or whatever the case is. It was just like suck it up and just keep it moving. But it's okay then to share what happened. But a lot of times we don't and we don't want to. So the first point, like I said, that I'm making tonight is be able to be weak when your mask is off. The second point that I want to make tonight is to share your story. I want you guys to share your story. Uh, I really don't, I don't really know who needs to hear this tonight, but I want you to share your story. I don't know why that's kind of like resonating 
in my spirit. I don't know if it's, if it's you online, but I really am encouraged to tell somebody to share their story. Whatever that story is, however that story looks like, I need you to share your story. The Bible says here in Revelations 12 and 11, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. I'm going to read that again. It says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. That means that whatever test that you've been going through, whatever trials that you've been going through, whatever it is that you've gone through in life, that's your testimony. That's for then you to share with somebody else to help somebody else overcome. But how many of us are really sharing what it is that we're going through? Maybe because, like I said, again, that we don't want to show everybody what we're dealing with. So we're keeping the mask on instead of taking the mask off, right? But then the Bible clearly states here is that people have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. How come we're not sharing our testimony? How come, how come we're not sharing what it is that we're really going through? Why is that so hard? What is it about your testimony that you don't want people to see? Why is it that you only want to show people the gold, but you don't want to show people the mud? How come you don't want to show people what it is that took you to crawl somewhere to get to where you were going versus you standing proud at the finish line? It's the journey that you forget to tell people that then helps them get to where they need to go. People want to hear your story. You ever had people that was just around you? That was just waiting for you just to speak. They're just looking at you in awe. And they wonder what you're going to say next. Because they're, they want to hear maybe something that's going to encourage them. But because of the fact that you don't say anything. Then maybe they're being hindered because of the fact that you don't want to share your story. How many of us have a testimony that they really haven't shared yet? Anybody in here? Raise your hand. If you have a testimony and you really haven't shared your full testimony, I'm just thinking to myself, shame on us. Shame on us. Because of the fact that we have people that can benefit from the things that we've gone through, but then we don't then share. We keep a mask on because of the fact that we don't want people to then judge us. We don't want people to see us as our true selves. So we keep our mask on. And when I say that they want to hear your story, I said they want to hear it all. They want to hear it all. And I wrote all in capital letters. They want to hear it all. All of your story. I don't want any blocks. Well, from 2005 to 2010, you know, I really wasn't doing that hot. So I'm going to leave that out. You don't need to hear that. But this one, I got the promotion. And then this, this is what you want because this is what got me to where I am. No, the stuff that you left out from 2005 to 2010 is the stuff that's going to get me where I need to be. So when I say all, I mean all. Don't give them no fluff. No fluff. Your life ain't been fluffy. I know that just sounded kind of funny. <laughs> I'm going to laugh at that later. People probably going to joke on me. That's fine. But your life ain't been fluffy. They don't need any fluff. We're talking about real life. We're talking about real life events and we're talking about real people and real happenings. There are people out here really struggling that really need to hear what it is that you have to say, but you're not saying it all because of the fact that you're not even, you're not even understanding how much your testimony then could help somebody else. 
So I just want you to just to take a look within yourself to realize that your story matters. Your story matters. Every part of your story matters. Not like I said, not just the part to where you made it. The part where you were struggling. The part that you didn't know when you was going to make it. Don't share with them the story that's going to make you look good. Share with them the story that's going to make God look good. Because it's so easy to talk about all of the positive things and all of the glitz and the glamour. But don't talk about that stuff if it's not bringing God glory. If you're the only person that's getting praise out of it, then what's the point? That person probably not even going to be blessed by it. And the thing is, if that makes you look bad, then so be it. Because I guarantee you that they will be blessed by it. And so will you. And ultimately, like I said, God will get the glory. How do I know? You ask me, how do I know? Again, it is written, Revelations 12 and 11. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The Bible says it right here. So when you ask me, Lou, well, how do you know or how will it really work? And what about this and what about that? The Bible says that they triumphed. Triumphs mean that they overcame by just someone sharing what it is that they had experienced in their life. So share your story. My third point that I want you to remember. Mm, before I get there. Oh, my God. Come on, Jesus. Don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid to share. You plant the seed, you let God grow it. A lot of times we plant a seed and we just believe that, well, now I got to keep doing this and I got to keep doing that. Or if I say this, they won't understand it like this. No, it's not up to you to decide that. It's up to God to then decide that. All you're doing is planting the seed. You share what it is that God has shared with you, and then you give it to them. But, I mean, how hard is it for you then to tell what it is that you've actually been through? You don't got to think about that. You know it. You've lived it firsthand. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean somebody else won't. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that somebody else won't. I said this in another message before, but it just it, it rings and it resonates with this, but... If what you see is all you see, then you have yet to see all there is to be seen. If what you see is all you see, then you have yet to see all there is to be seen. And so when I say that, you then sharing your testimony, you believe that that's the end and that's where it stops, then you have no idea who God is because you have no idea what he's doing on the back end. And so like I said, you planted a seed but then you don't see anything formed from it. But that's not your responsibility. That's God's responsibility. So if what you see is all you see, then you have yet to see all there is to be seen. Be willing. Be willing to share with what God leads you to share. Because if you don't necessarily share, think about this. Someone else's destiny may be hanging in the balance based on your obedience. Somebody else's destiny may be hanging in the balance based on your obedience. So somebody else may be just sitting here waiting to get to the next level and you're the one that's actually supposed to release them, but because you don't want to share your story, then they're stuck because of the fact of your disobedience. My third point, I want you guys to remember this. 
Show your scars. Show your scars. I know that don't sound like nothing popular, but I want you guys to remember to show your scars. And so when I thought about showing your scars and when it talks about taking your mask off, I want you to, this, is, this, this came to my mind, and we're going to go to John 20, 24 through 28. John 20, 24 through 28. I'm going to read this because this story is always uh, an amazing story to me, and it'll really get you to see um, what showing your scars looks like. Now, the Bible reads here in John 20, 24 through 28. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I won't believe. Nah, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. <laughs> this right here, again, it says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. When I think about this, this is Jesus ultimately being um, transparent to the fullest. To where he has a, a person who walked with him pretty much through his ministry. He was one of the disciples. He was one of the twelve. Right? And we all call him Doubting Thomas. But it wasn't, it wasn't until then Jesus then allowed him to, to feel his scars, not just see them, I just said that for this point, I want you to show your scars. But Jesus allowed him to actually touch him and to put his hand in place of where he was scarred. What do I mean when I say show your scars? Allow people who God leads your way to have access to your used to be scars that so that it may help theirs heal. Allow people who God leads your way to have access to your used to be scars so that it may help theirs heal. A lot of times we don't like to talk about those scars because then they bring up emotion. A lot of times we don't like to talk about those scars because it, it brings up anxiety for some. A lot of times we don't like to talk about scars because it may be painful to think about. But at the same time, Jesus did exactly what it is that we may be afraid to do. So I'm telling you guys to show your scars because then you see Thomas, he overcame, and he then started to believe. And it was because of the fact that Jesus showed his scars. Show the area where you have been cut. Nobody really likes to do that, right? But show the area where you've been cut. Because then somebody else may then overcome. Show the area where you might have been pierced, but God healed you. A lot of times we've been pierced by things that had us bound, things that had us stuck, or whatever the case is. But then I want you guys to then show somebody else. I want you to expose yourself. I want you to remove your mask and allow God to do what he does. 
Because it's not you who's doing anything when you expose your scars, but it's God then doing something through you to allow then that person then to get help. Show those scars so that others can overcome. Show those scars so others then can believe. Right? So God showed Thomas and then Thomas believed. How many people may be struggling with something but don't necessarily believe that God could bring them through because they haven't seen it. But then here you are, someone who has scars, who has had piercings, who've had nails in their hands and whatever situation that you might have been going through. And then you have the opportunity then to show someone and to allow them to then put their hands in your side or for you to show them your hands. But then your mask is on and you're hiding and you're not showing them anything. And so then now you leave them in disbelief because of the fact that your trauma or your pain or your scars are too big for God then to heal or to help someone else through. So then you just keep your mask on instead of taking your mask off and exposing yourself so then others can then be helped. We have to remove our mask and take, take our mask off. This is not the time to have our mask on. A lot of times we have our mask on because we want to cover up. We want to cover up because we don't want to be exposed. We don't want people to see. We don't want people to know. We don't want people to, to realize that this is not who I am or this is what I want to be or whatever the case is. A lot of times we present ourselves as people um, as a front because we want people to accept us in a certain light. I, I'll share a story to where um, I remember being somewhere and um, I was at a dinner and during this dinner, it was a bunch of doctors and um, everybody was talking about what they were doing in, in med school and, and what they were doing and, and where they were about to be um, sent away for their three years of residency. And at the time, I worked at Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and I worked in the mailroom. And so I'm amongst doctors, and I work in the mailroom. I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm not going to tell them what I'm doing. Because somebody asked me, they said, so what do you do? And so I remember I lied. I told them, I said, yeah, I'm in sales and marketing. I went to school for business with a concentration in marketing. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm in sales and marketing. I work at Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Yeah, man, just thinking about all of the great things that I could say because I was too ashamed to share where I was because of the fact that everybody else in my imagination was ahead of me. They were doctors. But then what if it was somebody that wasn't a doctor that was there that saw my boldness and then was just maybe like, oh, okay, well, now I can speak up too. But then what if I then caused them to stumble because of the fact that I was disobedient then to share the truth with the person? Well, how many of us are lying to several different people or seven different, different groups because of the fact that we're so scared to just show people where we are because of the fact that we want to then fit in with everybody else? How many groups then do you, do you go to or are you around that you're not necessarily yourself when you're walking there with your mask on? You're not showing your true self. You're not showing your true scars. You're going in there saying, oh, well, hey, yeah, man, I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome, but not really exposing yourself to really who you are because of the fact that you want to then be perceived as someone else. How many times do we then want people to perceive us one way, but when it's not necessarily that way, but you just want them to see you like that because of the fact that we're scared of what it looks like or that, that we're not going to be accepted? But who are we really trying to be accepted by? Are we trying to be accepted by people or are we trying to be accepted by God? 
It's cool, you know, getting in and they might believe you for a second, but then at some point in time, something's going to expose you, but why not let it be you? My fourth point, because I've been saying this for so long, is expose yourself. I want you guys to expose yourself. I know that sounds um, difficult, but I think that it's necessary. I think that it's very, very necessary to expose yourself. Um, in the scripture that came to my mind, um, when I thought about exposing yourself, it's just one scripture here, but I'm going to read the whole thing so you can kind of get the gist of what it is that I'm talking about. And so it's in Mark 10, 46 through 52. Mark 10, 46 through 52. And this is the fourth point, and we need to expose ourselves. When your mask is off, you need to expose yourself. Mark 10, 46 reads, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd. They were leaving the city where a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. So he was already sitting down and laying down or whatever because he was, he was there begging. So they told him to cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing, this is the part that really resonated with me. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet. And came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. He said, go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the part that really got me right here. It says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus, right? When I say expose yourself, a cloak back then was a large overcoat. Imagine having a trench coat is pretty much what coincides with a cloak is. A big type of overall, it's like a big poncho, but he threw his cloak aside. Now, so what his cloak did, it said that he was on a roadside begging. So I would assume that he probably wasn't clean. I would assume that he was dirty. And I, I assume that he probably didn't smell the best, but he's going to meet Jesus, right? But he threw his cloak aside. That means that he exposed himself fully so that Jesus could see him, right? And so not only did Jesus understand that he was blind, but he asked him what did he want him to do because I'm pretty sure that he saw some more things that probably needed to help. But the blind man said, well, I just want to see. But the, the point that I'm making is that he threw his cloak aside and he allowed Jesus, the person then who could help and fix his situation, he allowed him to see everything. He exposed it all. Now, he said that he was blind, but at the same time, there was more because he exposed himself, right? And Pastor Keith has been saying this really uh, as of late, but he says, well, what's not exposed can't be helped. What's not exposed can't be helped. So it's just like, well, it's pointless of going to the doctor with a broken arm, but then you only allow the doctor then to see your leg. You have a mask on because you don't want 
the doctor than to deal with something that may be painful to you. You'll rather him deal with something that's okay so then he can look and just tell you to keep it moving versus dealing with the thing that's ailing you. How many of us don't deal with the thing that's ailing us but then allow people to see the thing that that's okay? I have a broken leg now, but I'm showing the doctor my arm. And so I'm still dragging and dragging. I, I need to be healed, though. But I don't really want to expose that. Lou, why you got a limp? Man, I, I, my hamstrings is tight. Not that my leg is broken, but I'm lying because of the fact that I don't want to be fully exposed. But here, like I said, we need to make sure that our mask is off and fully expose ourselves. I know that that's not probably um, sanitary right now when I say take your mask off and expose yourself. But at the same time, we're not talking about right now during the pandemic. We're talking about when it, when it comes to God. We need to expose ourselves. Don't be afraid to bear it all. Don't be afraid to bear it all. A lot of times, well, we think, well, I got too much riding on, on who I am and, and what people think of me, and so I'm never going to bear it all. You, you, if you believe in people are, is going to get you to the place that where you ultimately want to go, then you're in for a rude awakening. It has nothing to do with the people, but it has everything to do with God. And so if you lay, if you lay, Everything on the line and you bear it all in front of Jesus is just like I said earlier in weakness is when he'll make you strong. Take your mask off and be free. The crazy thing is you need to free yourself. The crazy thing is, is when then expose yourself to what it is that you're talking about, then you're going to free yourself. Everything is going to be exposed and then you're going to be free. You're going to have a weight lifted off of your shoulders like never before. It's going to be the greatest feeling ever because it's, it's going to be like so much weight was just lifted off of your back. Throw off your cloak, throw off your mask and allow God to meet you where you really are. A lot of times we don't allow God to meet us where we really are. Because we like, I mean, that, that sounds silly to me even when I'm saying it. We don't allow God to meet us where we really are. God knows where we are. The only people that we're trying to fool is ourselves. There's nothing that we're going to tell him or show him that he doesn't already know. The only people that we're fooling is ourselves. And so the only person that we're keeping bound is ourselves. So remember, like I said, the fourth point is to expose yourself. And my fifth point, which is my last point, this is... Um, this is, this is one that just really sticks with me, but be yourself. Be yourself. That may sound so simple. It may just sound so easy, but it's really not. How many of us then, how many of us have sets of friends that we act different with when we get with them? If you have that or if you're like that, raise your hand. If you're with your family, you're one way, and then if you're with your homegirls, then you're another way. And if you're with your homeboys, you're this way. And then when you're with your significant other, you're this way. And then it's just like, well, when you're at work, you're a certain way. And I'm not saying that there's different ways to be or whatever in different situations. But what I'm saying is if you're acting different completely, if your character is off, if your integrity is off, if you're compromising who you are, then something's wrong. And you're not necessarily being yourself. So be yourself. And the reason that I tell you to be yourself is this scripture then resonates with me. 
Psalms 139 and 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I'll read it again. Psalms 139 and 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. The crazy thing is you are enough. Who you are, the way that God fashions you, you are enough. When you mask off, it shows who you really are. So when you take your mask off, I'm going to see who you are anyway. You don't have to hide. Why are you enough? Because God said that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's crazy because if all of us in life were the same, life would be boring, right? He fashioned each and every one of us different. He gave us perspectives. He gave us different personalities. He gave us all just different mentalities. He gave us all differences. He gave us different hair counts. He gave us, there's no one person on this earth that have the same fingerprints. If that's the case, then we know for sure that he all gave us a different design. But we're all a part of this big puzzle, right? In this big puzzle, we're all putting different pieces together, right? But if you're not necessarily exposing yourself or, or being who you are, then you're not necessarily contributing to building that puzzle or putting that puzzle together. And so we have to make sure that we are doing our due diligence and being ourselves So play your part. Please take your mask off because it is truly important to just be who you are and who God fashioned you to be. So again, mask off. Thank you guys. Amen.